Draft day is upon us. How do we make this Thursday night in Kansas City a payday for us NFL gamblers? We break down our NFL draft betting cards on tonight's In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest, we sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, but they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It's got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is April 25th, 2023. The pinnacle of the NFL offseason is here. Yes, the NFL draft. Tonight, we will walk you through each and every betting market that we can possibly talk about this glorious event. Uh, What is the real deal? What is the smoke and mirrors? We're going to go through each and every part of it tonight. Uh, my name is Seth Wilcock, and I'm joined by a man who is a fantasy football analyst, apparently my producer for the night as well, a real estate agent, a former chef, a husband and a father, Nathan Polvote. Big Nate, what's going on in the hood, my friend? You left out Carpenter. I am a carpenter by trade as well. I do a lot of things, but my favorite thing is fantasy football. And we've got Andrew on the show tonight, man. I'm hyped. Absolutely. We are absolutely loaded for tonight. And we have a man who is one of the backbones of the fantasy football industry joining us. He's featured on Fantasy Pros. You can find him on Dynasty Junkies. And the first time I met him, I'm going to be honest, he was handing out bourbon and beer out of the back of his car at the NFL uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. So always good vibes around you, Mr. Andrew Howe. Hall, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. I, obviously, uh, bourbon and beer is always a good time. I, I don't have either of those tonight, but trust me, we're still going to have a good time. I'm excited to be with you guys. Hey, we appreciate it, man. Uh, guys, we also looks like we have a couple of the IBT family rolling along with us as well. Brad Bolt from out there in Australia saying, hey, guys. Hey, good to see you as well, Brad. We hope you can make uh, take advantage of these NFL props that we're going to dish out tonight. We will talk a little bit later about the Aaron Rodgers news. Nate and I have exhausted this conversation, gone back and forth all off season long, but we'll save that for you guys later. If you guys are new to the program, easiest way to support us here is subscribe. If you aren't already, uh, give us a thumbs up and uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it here, Andrew, with uh, a brand new segment of the show, Between Bets. Between, between, between. Between 
we win you win we all win over here on between bets andrew before we jump in man i have to ask what kind of beer and what kind of bourbon were you handing out that night because i don't remember too much after that i'm gonna be honest with you it it was it was a bit of a dark cloud after that little tailgate parking lot party we had going on you guys had one of the best samplings of whiskey in the back of that car andrew it was like a dream come true i know that wasn't me that was drew uh dr underscore pra from the fantasy timeline uh, we're really hoping he can make it again this year. But yeah, he had uh, mason jars about an inch or inch and a half or so filled up in each one of different kinds of bourbon that he had at home. So that way he didn't have to bring the whole bottle. And that way it also kind of made it disposable. And so there was a point where at the end we were just like, we got to finish these. We got to finish these. And so anybody walking by, we're like, just have a sip, have a sip. But I don't think anybody turned us down. Uh, we we're also, I mean, again, doing it again this year, I'm sure, where I'm going to bring a whole cooler full of beer and just kind of see what, you know, see who wants to trade what. Uh, but that tailgate, we said it on Junkies before, too. That tailgate was by far the highlight of the weekend for us. Like, just hanging out in the parking lot in Canton, Ohio, near the Hall of Fame for, like, four hours, just drinking with whoever walked by. It was, what a random event, but that's what the expo is all about, you know, just networking and hanging out with people you never hang out with and drinking beer in a parking lot. It was, oh, it was great. Yep. That is some Ohio fucking shit right there. Right? Absolutely. So the man from Ohio, it makes sense. You'll have to join us up on the uh, parking deck of the hotel this year. For That's sure. where we, the IBT family, we, we, we like to get down. Uh, went into the early, early mornings last year. So hopefully we uh, <laughs> learned a thing or two. But guys, let's well, talk. You know we didn't. You no. know we didn't. No, we'll see what happens. We are going to move into our NFL draft prop. So I am very, very excited. And I will say this about the prop betting market for the draft. It's going to depend what state you're in. Right now in Pennsylvania, I had to phone a few friends to get down on some of these uh, different markets. We can't bet on this NPA because it's technically not a sporting event, which mm. absolutely malarkey. But Andrew, you're right over there in Ohio and looks like uh, sports books are open for business for you. Yeah, I mean, each sports book does it different too. And we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. I, I got in, you know, kind of lucky on a good parlay on one of those free bets and have just been riding that money on Caesars right now. So that's kind of where I'm placing most of my bets. Um, but it's interesting to see all the different markets and all the different, uh, you know, lines and all the different, some of them have different props that others don't have. I mean, so again, if you're into this kind of thing and, and you're in Ohio or, you know, not necessarily in PA for this kind of thing, but it's always good to have multiple books if you can and kind of play them against each other and just sort of see what you can find. But yeah, I mean, all of mine right now is just on Caesars because that's where I'm playing with house money and that's just where I like to lose the most. You know what I mean? Like, eh, I've already won. We're good. <laughs> and, and I think that the, the big takeaway from that, that Andrew just put out there is shop around. If you do have mm-hmm. an opportunity to use different books, shop around. I got most of my lines that I'll talk about out of a couple locals out of some different states. So I don't think you'll find these exact numbers, um, but still very appealing. And, and you'll still be able to find these props somewhere, wherever you are betting. Looks like we got Eric tuning in tonight. Hey, good to see you, Eric. Appreciate it. Uh, complimenting the thumbnail. Yeah, a little Bryce Young uh, Photoshop on it. Absolutely for you, buddy. And we got our guy who's Hoovtube saying, yes, sir. Uh, I know he's not an illegal gambling state yet either. So hopefully he can phone a friend this week. Let's start with the draft position over unders here and andrew i want to turn it over to you first who was someone in this market that you could not stay away from and i will be honest this is my favorite market on the whole book right now yeah this is a fun one i mean you and i agreed on on the one that i couldn't stay away from which is anthony richardson under four and a half i feel like just the the amount of the amount of in- interesting news coming out about him and, and all this like intangibles and he's got, you know, what an athlete and all these kind of things. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up at four, 
but I also wouldn't be shocked if somebody trades up to three. I mean, like there's just so many options. So that under four and a half at plus money, I feel like is one of the easiest bets on the entire slate for me. Like that just seemed like a smash. I was like, yeah, I'm betting that one for sure. And again, you, you seem to agree with me. So you, you got better odds than me, but you seem to agree with me. Yeah. I found it at plus two forty nine over in that Florida local that I was digging through. And like, let's just be honest, man. Number one RAS relative athletic score ever from a quarterback. Very high S2 from what we're hearing as well. That's the testing protocol the NFL is using now. Um, and a great pro day as well. And we just saw Trey Lance go number three, uh, kind of a similar type of athletic, you know, underutilized quarterback in college. So I just can't see him getting past the Colts and Steichen. I am riding a previous bet that I had placed um, of plus 200 to the Colts, but this one is even better because he doesn't have to go to the Colts. He can go anywhere in those yep. first four picks here. Nate, I want to throw it over to you. Any thoughts on Anthony Richardson anywhere you went on the over-under market? So with Anthony Richardson, definitely under four and a half. Yes. Like, and at plus 190, this is a smash bet. This is plus money, right? right. No, he's going to be a top four pick. I actually put money on him today at plus 3,700 plus, sorry, plus 7,500 to go first overall after the, here's the thing. Cause we had the news today where the Colts organization, or the, not the Colts, the Panthers organization said, we just made our decision today. Uh, I As think that's a little bit just, smoke and mirrors. But that tells me that it's not what everybody thinks it is. Now, does that mean it's CJ Stroud? Maybe. It doesn't mean it's Will Levis, maybe, but I'm willing to, because initially when they signed Andy Dalton, my first thought was they're going after Anthony Richardson. Why, why, does, does, why does Andy because, Dalton roll to Richardson? How, give me that so connection. I, you don't sign a guy who has been a perennial starter in the NFL to be a backup to Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Uh, I think you, you do. don't I do think, it. I think that's no, exactly what the Bears did and, two years ago. Did he end up starting though? He for, started the season for about four games. Sure. But I just don't see that being a thing. So they're either going with Levis or Richardson, in my opinion, because those what? guys need to sit behind just because those guys need to sit behind somebody. You're not paying Andy Dalton two year deal to just be a backup for one of these guys. All right. We're, I can't see it. We're moving but... off this conversation. This is malarkey. <laughs> this is... Well, okay. Then I'll give you, then I'll give you one of my bets here. Um, Michael Mayer over 21 and a half at plus 152. I'm taking that because I don't think he's the first tight end off the board. I don't even know if he goes in the first round. That's not an indictment of his talent. I just think that there is another tight end who we'll get to later that's going to go before him. Okay. I, I, I can see this. The Packers were the one place that I, everyone was mocking earlier in the offseason, Andrew. However, that's since cold, especially now they move up to number 13 overall. So I think um, I, I think Nate might have some leeway here. Uh, any thoughts here on Mayer? Well, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, and we'll kind of get into some of this later on, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals end up taking either Mayer or Kincaid, where, you know, whichever Great. one's left. They're at 28, and I think there's a couple teams right ahead of them in that over 21 and a half kind of line. I feel like is right where I would go with it, too. I don't mind that one at all. And again, it, it, I wouldn't say it's like free money. It's not a smash to me, but I agree with your logic. Like, I definitely think there's a possibility. I was actually thinking the Packers, like you said, at 15. It seems like when they moved up, when they made this trade for Rodgers and they got the 13 back. It feels like they're trying to be somewhat aggressive. I don't see them moving up for mayor. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing that they're moving up for someone like JSN or I don't know, alignment of some sort that they feel like will be sniped a little bit ahead of them. So 
Yeah, I love that line over two, over 21 and a half for Mayer. I, I like that. Yeah. And then Nate, you're also targeting Kincaid here with one of your props as well. Well, yeah, because they've got Dalton Kincaid under 24 and a half. That's plus 100 odds. Like if everything that we're hearing is correct, Kincaid's gone in the first 20 picks. Who, who, who takes him? Initially, I thought it was going to be Green Bay. Um, dude, that's a good question. That, 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 that's why I'm not taking this one. I was hands off that I saw a similar line as well. I, I think it is the Bengals who are going to end up with him here in the end of the first round. I don't see a team that doesn't have a, that needs a tight end there in the top 20 for me. I mean, you could see him going to, I could see him going to, um, Sandy, God, the Chargers. Sorry. I can see him going to the Chargers if they miss out on getting Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers. If Zay Flowers and those guys go earlier, I can see Baltimore taking him at 22 as an insurance policy for no. Andrews. What are you talking? You were just, you were just last week writing up how, how Isaiah likely is a, a, a tight end. And I do think you. he is. And this is a team that could be loading up. Look, how old is Mark Andrews? 27? How long do we how long do we usually see tight ends last in this league? I don't know. 29. So why not get that 35? insurance policy who's basically <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Travis Kelsey, sure. I mean, there there are just there are places I could see him going ahead of that 24th pick. Again, it's not like easy money, but it's a pick that makes well, sense to me. I'll jump in here and just say there is a chance that I think the Jags are at 24, right? And, and that actually mm-hmm. could be a possibility that they take him, which would be under 24 and a half. So at least you've got yep. that one. I also kind of like the pinch play of two, like one over, one under, and then both plus money. I kind of like the logic you're playing with there. I, I do think the way this tight end class is lining up, it's deep, but it's very, very good too. This is one of the better tight end classes we've seen in the last 10 years or so, as in like there's 10 guys that could be starters, which yeah. is impressive. And I'll be honest, in fantasy, we need some starters at tight end. Let's get some good bodies in here. Man, <laughs> I, I'm sick of playing with three or four at a time. But um, I will say this. I think that the, I'm kind of with Seth more on this one, though. I don't know if I would have taken the bet at this point, just because I feel like it's – I like the logic. It's just not kind of – I don't see it as much of a sure thing. And, again, that's your gut. That's what vetting is all about, right? you got to right. play with what you know and kind of go in with your gut. My gut's not saying that. That's all. So let me just – can I throw this one out here just real quick? With the news that dropped this week with the suspensions in Detroit, so now they're Jameson Williams, Quiz Watkins. Could it be? Could they take him at eighteen? Quintus Cephas. Quintus Cephas. Quintus Cephas. Could they, they cut, take him? Yeah. At 18? Who they cut? The, yes. Could they take the, him at eighteen? That, they get their quarterback that's logical. at six. I don't think they're taking a quarterback at six. I don't. I don't. Cor- I think they're no, cor- oh, corner. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They better not take a quarterback at six. Oh, that'd be crazy. But got, also, I want to say this: there, there, are, there are almost always are trades in these drafts, right? So I wouldn't be shocked if this—you know—we're just looking at it without trades, right? But I wouldn't be shocked sure. if we see somebody who's like, "Man, the Jags are going to take Dalton Kincaid. We got to trade up to twenty-two with Baltimore, who loves trading back and collecting value, right? Like at twenty-two, and like then your Dalton Kincaid bet pays off because I don't know a team like the Eagles goes up and gets him. You know, like some weird thing happens, and you're like, "Well, I didn't predict that." Like that's always the fun part about this is that there's just talent there, and I think Kincaid is worthy of a top 24 pick, which is why that bet makes sense. It's just my gut's not screaming at We got Hoovtube in the chat saying, y'all are too high on these tight ends. Yeah, I think that Nate Nate loves himself some tight ends. I agree with you there. I do. Uh, We we got (laughs) Edie saying, hello, hello, boys. Good to see that. 
Um, good to see DD in the chat tonight. So I'm going to move over to one of my favorite draft position over unders, and it's going to be JSN under 12 and a half. I'm getting right mm. him right now at plus 256. This is a value. I think it's a value on the draft prop board right now. I'm laying down down a whole unit from this. This could be a really nice little money grab here early in the draft. And I'm not buying the smoke that the Texans are not going quarterback at two. I really am not buying that smoke. I could see D'Amico Ryan's maybe shifting gears, but I believe they will draft a quarterback, and I believe JSN will be paired with whoever that quarterback is at pick number 12. However, if it is not the Texans, I also did some research. The last average position or the, the average position of the last three seasons for the draft, the wide receiver one has gone at pick number 8.3, 8.3. Other possibilities in this range, Atlanta, Chicago, Tennessee. I think JSN's a better prospect uh, than Drake London was. And Drake London went eighth last season. So I think JSN put him in inside that top 12 for me. Uh, this is my stamp of approval on this one. Andrew, any thoughts on uh, your Ohio fuck over there, JSN? Well, I'll say this. I think JSN under 12 and a half is a great bet. That's actually, I was like, that's a terrific bet because I, I kind of agree with the logic you're going by. And my gut is telling me that, I mean, again, it, it sounds like too narrative, but we've talked about how the NFL is scripted anyway. But I feel like <laughs> Houston goes, I mean, I think Young still goes first. As weird as that may sound, I think this is all smokescreen from Carolina. And I don't, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole with Andy Dalton again. As a Bengals fan, I've spent tons of my life uh, yelling about Andy Dalton. I'm not going to continue here. But Thank you. Appreciate uh, I will that. say that if, if Young goes first and Stroud goes second to Houston and they can get uh, JSN at 12, I mean, like that pairs up that college you know, partnership, which we see that happening a lot now in the NFL. And it works. It works more it, times than not. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like Houston, in my mind, would be stupid not to try that. Now, again, there are a lot of things that could mess that up, right? But if JSN is there at 12, I don't see him falling any further is kind of what I mean. So this under 12 and a half is perfect. That, that might, that's, that's a terrific bet. I'm with you 100%. You. And you got it plus 256. I'm guessing another you know, Florida local bet because that's the craziest <laughs> spread line I've seen on that. I'm like, I, I would bet that for negative money at this point. So that's a terrific bet. And I would go with you a whole time on a full unit for sure. Appreciate that, Andrew. I want to turn it over to you now. Who was someone else in this draft position over under market that you are targeting? And this one I saw on the sheet might be a little controversial out there. All right. So I, I am sticking with my guns on this. I, I don't know for sure that Will Levis is a, a top six pick. So I'm going with Will Levis over six and a half. Ooh, I feel whoa. like there's a lot of teams that are going to be willing to trade back and watch him fall. Maybe I've been watching too much draft day and Bo Callahan and all this. Like, I, you know, I'm just thinking, I don't <laughs> just, know if Will just Levis Just rewatched it last night. I just finished it today. Incredible. I can't. I, I'm going to watch it again tomorrow. I'm excited. <laughs> what I'm saying is I just don't know if Will Levis has that. Like, I don't know if he's that guy. And my father-in-law lives in Detroit and is a Lions fan. And we, you know, obviously we talk Lions all the time. And I asked him a question. I said, hey, you know, you've got Jared Goff. What are you thinking about at six? Would you take Will Levis if he's there? And he said, is that that guy that's super jacked? And I was like, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know who you mean exactly. But yeah. And, and I was like, did you see that he ate the banana without peeling? And he goes, no, nah, we don't need that guy here. I'll take that as a win. Like if, if my, my father-in-law in Detroit doesn't want Will Levis at six, I don't think anybody does. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's to me, that's insider gambling in a way. So that over six and a half feels like a smash to me. So again, I'm not necessarily hating on Levis. He's better at quarterback than I'll ever be at anything, but it just seems to me like there's a lot of weird murky information in this 
whole Reddit boost that got him first overall. And uh, there's all Incredible. these works. And I don't yeah. see it. I just don't see it. So I think I'm coming back down to reality. It's not, it, we got time for it to settle. I'm, I'm fine going over six and a half for him. Okay. I will not be joining you on there, but I do want to, I do want to point out that the, the NFL draft, when I, why I think it is such a great opportunity for new or veteran NFL gamblers to get in on this game is this really is a time. I believe we have an edge on these books yeah. during the season. They have models. They have predictions that are really, really close to what actually happens here. Like will Levis, a, a Reddit post, it could have been Andrew in his, in, or Andrew's yeah. son <laughs> in Andrew's basement making this. And, yeah. and it, it takes will Levis from huge 40 to one, all the way down to, to, to four to one odds to go number one overall, just because of a Reddit post. So this is a time to capitalize. Um, the, I, I love, I love the analysis there, Andrew. Uh, I don't, I don't love the bet because I am a Levis guy. Uh, hashtag we are baby. We are. I get it. I get it. I get it. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move to the number of uh, market here. And I will say this no, this market has gotten very juiced in the last week or two. So I did stay away from it as much as I could. Uh, the running backs in the first round one, uh, one and a half just a couple of weeks ago was was a screaming value. And now now they're predicting that Gibbs is also going to go in the first round. So that's one that is not on my board here. However, I will be taking the over four and a half quarterbacks in round one here, minus 125. So not huge odds. We're not we're not getting plus money on this. I, I laid down half a unit, though, because I am confident that someone is going to trade back in for Hendon Hooker. The Raiders, the Bucks, they both met with him. They have early second round picks that so they can get up there and uh, do something with them. And listen. Kyle Trask, I love Kyle Trask. I love Baker Mayfield, but that is not a plan. That is possibly the worst <laughs> quarterback room in the NFL right now. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and think that Hooker, who had 27 touchdowns, only two interceptions in 11 games last season, has the rushing ability as well. I think that he's going to be traded up for. Um, so, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to smash this uh, minus 125, four and a half quarterbacks over in round one. Nate, back to you. Uh, th thoughts? I know you love some hooker as well. And uh, any thoughts in the number of. Uh, <laughs> Don't tell <market>? Jen. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one that kind of stood out to me. And I, I've done a handful of NFL mock drafts. I think I've done four or five at this point now. And none of them have had more than five defensive backs going. I've had one where I had five go, but I haven't seen more than five and I haven't really seen anybody mock more than five to go in the first round. So this at plus 155 under five and a half defensive backs in round one, if it hits that five, the highest total I've gotten on a mock, you still win this bet. And I'm not going to put a ton on it because this is crazy, but like a quarter of a unit, right? Like throw a little bit of money on it. Plus 155. It's still plus money. I'm a little afraid just because I do agree with you that mocks have been very in your favor so far for this, Nate. But there are a couple of cornerbacks right on that line of round one and round two, Andrew. The Keeley Ringo's out of Georgia. He could sneak up into the first round. Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Size, I know, is a little bit of a question mark. He could sneak up. Sneak up. That is my concern is that these guys sneak up and it ruins this bet. We see a lot of these uh, cornerbacks kind of get taken at the end of the first round. People might trade back or trade into the round to get them. I'm off on this one. Andrew, any thoughts on the DBs here in round one? I, I So at first when Nate was like, well, I've done a bunch of mocks and I haven't seen it. And I'm like, you know what? Have I seen it? And I'm, I'm in a couple mocks right now, of course, as content creators are always helping each other out, right? 
Yes, sir. And there's one that we're going to be talking about tomorrow to plug this on the uh, commissioner. What's it? I can't remember the name of the show now. Sorry, John. John McGlynn show that we're going on tomorrow. Yes. Big um, John, baby. Yeah, love which will be John. I love John McGlynn. So we're going to be doing a mock draft on that. And there's going to be some trades and things like that. Um, and I will say this. I, I don't hate the bet. I think that you're probably correct. I just don't know which five it's going to be, which makes me hedge a little sure. and say, well, that means there could be six. Or that, you know what I mean? Like it just, it makes me a little nervous to be like, well, I haven't seen it, but that happens every year. Uh, and I mean, it's something I definitely want to mention as we get deeper into this, and this is as good a time as any, uh, that good old fallacy of rational coaching, right? What makes sense isn't always what happens, right? We, we right. see this every week in the NFL, but at the draft, yeah. I feel like it happens even more where we all end up making those Viper faces where we're like, what are they doing? Like just making all these crazy, mo- like, what are we thinking here? So I wouldn't be shocked if we see six or even heck seven DBs go in the first round because of that line being five and a half. It makes me nervous. You know what I mean? If it was six and a half, I'd probably bet the under for sure. But because I can name five, I'm worried that I'm missing one, I guess is my logic. But sure. I don't mind the bet. I'm just saying it's not something my gut, again, my gut's not screaming that at me. Okay. I get guys- it. You guys, hate, you guys hate my bets. It's fine. <laughs> Hey no, man, no, no, no. <laughs> I love. I if like you the win process, and retire, but... then I love those bets. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's go ahead. We're moving into the first drafted of position prop bets here, Andrew. I want to turn it back over to you. Definitely some values on this board. However, we got to get a little risky. We got to throw that nut sack on the table here if we want to take a couple of these. So, where are you heading in this market, my friend? Yeah. So the rest of my bets really on this slate, I I was like, well, where can I make my money work for me the most? And where can I have the most fun on draft night? And like, I I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because it's free money in a way. So don't necessarily trust my gambling etiquette here, everybody. But I love the idea of putting, you know, a single unit down and getting seven times value. So like plus 700 just screams at me for Darnell Washington being the first tight end. I I think that there's a lot of people that are looking at this from fantasy saying Darnell Washington is not going to be a good fantasy asset. And I kind of agree, but how many teams do we know of that we can name off the top of our head would love a sixth offensive lineman? That's what Darnell Washington is. So I think the NFL might be higher on him than, than the books are, than we are in fantasy. I wouldn't be shocked if we see something crazy where he is the first tight end drafted at like 24 to the Jags, for instance, who already has a pass catcher with Evan Ingram. And it's like, what were they thinking? They've got Mayer and Kincaid right there. It, they don't want him to catch passes. They want him to be an extra lineman to block for Trevor Lawrence. Like, I mean, again, we, Miami, hell, we could see no tight ends go in the first round or Miami trades up and gets him in the beginning of the second. Like, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm telling you, plus 700 for this, I felt like was, hell, why not? Let's ride it and see how it goes. So I, I'm putting a unit on that for Darnell Washington being the first tight end. And I think I actually saw, maybe it was your take, actually, of, of how he can play as a six lineman sorts uh, in the recent Fantasy Pros mock draft. I think I saw that out there. I think yep. that was your take. So I think it was mine, too. Uh, yep, I'm a big fan of it. I, again, I would love for the Bengals to draft him, just not at 28. Like, if okay. he somehow falls to 60, then hell yeah, I'm all in. But I think it's risky in the first with the different luxuries that we could go for it at 28. But, man, if they even if the Bengals take him at 28, I'll be happy. Like, that's fine with me. Like, okay. I just think he's a beast. Okay. All right. Nate, over to you. Who do you have in the first drafted of position market, please? So a lot of mocks disagree with this, but I don't really care. Uh, Christian Gonzalez is going to be the first cornerback off the board because he's the more talented between him and Devin Witherspoon, in my opinion. And I think from an NFL standpoint, teams see this and it's plus 180. And I'm not going to go crazy. I'm throwing half a unit on this. All right. But plus 180 for the most talented corner, physically talented corner in the draft to be the first off the board. 
And and what you're getting with Christian Gonzalez, this is going to come down to a scheme and a preference from the general manager side. Christian Gonzalez is a, a sizable cornerback, 6'2", 201 pounds, speedy guy as well coming out of Oregon. Witherspoon's more of that technical corner undersized a little bit. So this comes down to scheme for me. I think both of these corners, I was looking for something that said two cornerbacks in the top eight or top 10 picks, because that's how I believe this is going to shake out. Yeah, um, couldn't find anything in that, in, in that market. However, uh, I, I do like Christian Gonzalez more. Andrew, any thought, just process, if we can go into that, that big brain of yours, how NFL general managers maybe look at size at cornerbacks? Because we, we saw it last year with Tariq Woolen. I mean, guy is 6'3", just a huge man, but he's a great cornerback. Size is starting to become a factor now where maybe 10 to 15 years ago, uh, smaller corners might even been preferred. Well, I, again, I think it's just to kind of step back a second. I mean, Gonzalez and Witherspoon to me are kind of like one, a one B like I am not, I mean, I totally get the logic of, of either one. I think size is definitely becoming a, a thing, but speed is always going to be a thing. And I think Gonzalez is pretty quick. I think he's got, you know, he's got enough of what he needs to do. He's, he can be a good shutdown corner. I'm not quite sure if he's, you know, sauce Gardner or one of those, like, you know, all ultimate, you know, all rookie kind of players, but I think you're not going to mess up if you make if you make that pick. If you if you pick Watts or sorry Watson, if you pick Gonzalez, you're going to be someone you know your team's going to be happy with you. So the only the only thing I have with that is being the first you know CB. I don't mind it either as plus one eighty. I think that's a fine you know that's a fine line. You're making money on that. I just feel like it's more of a coin flip than I usually like to do. And here yes. I am talking about that saying Darnell Washington, right? Like I'm either going all the way in <laughs> or I'm not going in at all, right? Is my logic on some of these? Like if I'm going to bet, it's going to be the moon. Um, but no, I don't hate that bet at all. I think Gonzalez has definitely got the skills to be the first DB taken for sure. And, and me, I think this just comes down to a philosophy, a philosophy different of how you and I might gamble. I gamble not to lose. I gamble to put as many bets as out there as I can. Like, this is one that really does feel 50, 50, 60, 40, yep. that it might go the other way. And those are odds I'm just not willing to, to make in the draft, not willing to take. But I understand the analysis, and I, I do think Christian Gonzalez, I think you're on the right path there. Uh, I'll round out first drafted of position here with Will Anderson. First defensive player taking, it is now plus money, plus 100. Coming back here, I'm going to lay about a quarter of a unit on this. And now we, we got Tyree Wilson, who is starting to get favored for this number two pick possibly as well, right behind Will Levis. I just don't buy it. I, I don't buy it, man. Tyree Wilson has been hurt during this pre-draft process. I don't think he did enough to pump his stock and pass Will Anderson. He has been the number one prospect for years now. And yeah. I, I mean, you look at this guy's accomplishments in college, every single award he can win, every honor he can win. He makes it. He seems like a great stand-up individual as well. 17 sacks in 2021 and 10 in 2023 in college football you don't get a lot of sacks look at guys like Aiden Hutchinson Jalen Carter even these guys don't have a lot of sacks Will Anderson is the exception here I think he's going to be a franchise player I don't think he's quite on the level of Miles Garrett but I think the floor is just so high that he's going to go with the first uh, defensive player here I still think if the if the Cardinals don't move out, I think that's the pick at three for me. There's some other props in plus money uh, for him to go to the Cardinals or go three, but I prefer just first defensive player here, Will Anderson, plus 100, baby. Let's do it. 
I love it. Yeah. And I'll just jump in real quick and kind of refer back to what we said before. Vontae Mack, no matter what, right? Like, yes, let's go get yes. this guy. Like this guy's engine is crazy. His motor is insane. He gets around the edge slick. Like there's nothing wrong with his game. So I love this bet. Love this bet for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I currently have Will Anderson going at two. Last mock I did to the Texans and Tyree Wilson going at six to the Lions. So I'm with you. I, and I think this is this is almost easy money, Seth. This is a good yeah. one. Uh, we, we, we got Eric saying in the chat, he's worried a little bit about Anderson. Plays a bit high. Yeah, that is one of the concerns out there yep. about him. You're not alone there. Uh, appreciate the comment, Eric. And uh, some more touching base here from Brad uh, on the overall position. Uh, let's go ahead and move forward to a different market here. We kind of skipped over the second drafted up position market. This was another one. The lines were too juiced. If you wanted, like, let's say Christian Gonzalez for the second cornerback drafted, you're in minus money already. Uh, a lot. Same with like Peter Skaronsky as the second offensive lineman. A, a lo- that's why pretty much we stayed away from this market. Um, but let's go ahead to position of first drafted player by team. Oh, I Andrew. love this one. Andrew, let's go ahead. Let's use that big brain once again. What are you dialing up for us? All right. So I made a couple bets for team to draft the first running back and partially because the the lines are good enough that I felt like I could risk it and and kind of play my bets against each other and win something, you know, win one of the two and still, you know, make out on this. So I'll kind of put, put both of those together, I suppose. But my first one was Washington to draft the first running back. You know, draft a running back first, whatever you want to call it. Like, I think that there is a a weird situation happening in Washington right now with the changing of ownership and, and Eric the enemy going in there. There's a whole bunch of chaos going on. Uh, if Will Levis falls to them, I think they pass on Levis anyway. I think they do truly trust Howell, which is bonkers for me in fantasy. But again, it's not I'm, it's not NFL. It's fantasy. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, I would be, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if Washington selects Bijan Robinson with their pick just to go the B Rob route and to confuse everybody in fantasy in upcoming drafts. Um, that'll be exciting because then they got Brian and Bijan Robinson both on their rosters. And then the other running back bet I made was for the Bengals to do the same thing again as a homer pick in a way. You know, I want to be able to celebrate with my team if they get Bijan. I'm betting on that. So Washington was plus 750 for a first running back. Bengals are plus 550. Again, if Bijan's there at 28, I don't see how the Bengals pass on him. So it was like, I don't know. I'll just kind of hedge a little. I think Washington is the the outlier bet, of course, with the higher odds. But I just, again, Washington is so chaos in this. Like, I just felt like putting money on Washington on something felt like something. Just, again, going all in, right? I'm not one of those nickel and dime kind of guys. I'm like, let me just throw money at the wall and see what sticks. That's kind of how I gamble. So, Andrew, can I ask you this? Sure. Bijan, Bijan's gone at 10. Do they go after, do they, do they reach for Jameer Gibbs there? I don't think Washington does, but I'll bet I would be I would not be surprised if the Bengals do. Like if I, I, I could yeah. see the Bengals getting Gibbs still, and that's kind of where again the Bengals draft the running back first. It's not the first running back, right? It's like who's gonna what's their pick in the first round? Correct. So I think yes, there right. is an outside shot that Gibbs becomes that shot for the Bengals. I don't necessarily see that as much for Washington. Also, it doesn't line up. There's no one else on their team named Gibbs, so it doesn't sure. have the same flavor. Um, <laughs> but, but again, it's like I, I just don't. I think at that point, if Bijan's gone with Washington, they need so many things. And at 16, there's going to be a lot of players there. I just don't see them reaching for Gibbs that early. But at 28, you know, when there's a lot of players that have gone and there's a, a lot of depth at tight end I, that we talked I th- about. I think if it. I I think if tight ends go, 
I think if Kincaid or Mayer are off the board, we could see the Bengals draft running back. So I don't mind that bet at all, Andrew. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to shift from your favorite team to my favorite team here. Steelers to draft offensive lineman first, plus 120. I'm going to lay a quarter unit down on this. And same response I've gotten on Twitter when I released my draft card mm-hmm. earlier today, Joey Porter Jr. to the Steelers. And listen, I love yeah. it. I I love Joey Porter Jr. to the Steelers. However, I don't think he's making it that far. Cornerbacks are premium in this league. I believe Washington or Tennessee will target him. Washington secondary was atrocious last season. Ten- Tennessee outside of Kendall Fuller doesn't have much back there either. Um, and listen, this is a Steelers offensive line that gave up 38 sacks. They need to keep Kenny Pickett upright. Kenny Pickett, he is a mobile quarterback, but he is best while he's in the pocket. Look for Darnell Wright or Broderick Jones to be uh, t- to be the newest member of the Pittsburgh Steelers here, boys. Uh, man, I've been pounding the I've been pounding the table for offensive linemen in the first for a couple years now, though, Nate, and it hasn't come to fruition. <laughs> it will someday, right? Like eventually, <laughs> this bet's going to pay off. And you're, dude, you're right. They have to go offensive line in this first round, unless someone like Joey Porter's sitting there. But like you said, chances aren't good. I've seen him land there in a couple of mocks, but I think that's wishful thinking, right? Like the yeah. nostalgia of it. Like Joey Porter Sr.'s son, Joey Porter Jr., starts carrying the torch for the Porter family in Pittsburgh. Um, but I like this. I think this is what rationally they have to do. And Tomlin's not one of those guys that does things on draft where you're like scratching your head. He's very methodical and he addresses a need if there's a player there. And that's this is their biggest need. They've got to protect Kenny Pickett if they want to have any chance of competing in that division this year. Okay. Yeah. And I'll just kind of piggyback on that and kind of go with, as a, as a Bengals fan, I don't want them to do this, right? I don't want them <laughs> to protect Kenny Pickett, but you're entirely right. I think too, with the way Najee Harris played last year and kind of hurt and everything, they want to get that running game going. That happens through the line. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they go line here. I also feel like with all the other picks that we've talked about and all the other quarterbacks and all the, you know, potential DBs and all these other players, you could see somebody like Skaronsky still be there. Something like yes. Johnson, like a great top tier offensive lineman that anyone in their right mind would be like, yeah, I'll take that guy. Like it's a no brainer. So I wouldn't be shocked at all with that just because of their location on this, you know, being 17, I think right now that's, that's a hot spot right in the middle there. There's a lot of things that could happen, but I think it's at least over 50% that this happens. So I don't mind this bet at all. And we're even hearing uh, whispers out there as well that they could actually trade up for Paris Johnson Jr. That's been out there. A couple of leaks came out. So, yeah, I, I think the Steelers to draft an offensive lineman. Again, it's not crazy money, but at plus 120, uh, I like what we're getting there. Looks like we got a new face in the chat tonight. Panthers, uh, our best son, coming from uh, Need a Lot More Saturday Pro Football. Are, are we right. sure this isn't a Brad Bolt burner? <laughs> that might be a Brad Bolt <laughs> burner. Uh, but, hey, we appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate the statement as well because uh, I think we do need a little bit more uh, – pro football on Saturdays, man. I love college football. I love what we get from the game, but uh, definitely there are some times for some Saturday pro football as well. So we appreciate the political statement you're making with your YouTube (laughs) name, buddy. There you go. Let's go. He just switched Uh, accounts. There you go. Brad's on the other account now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Nate, back to you here with, uh, with the position of first drafted player by team, please. So I'm going Patriots to draft a wide receiver first plus 240. And we've seen a million things, but lately what I'm seeing a trend of them taking Quentin Johnson at 14, which I know, but we're assuming JSN's off the board, right? 
He yeah. fits what Belichick's offenses have always done. Bill O'Brien's back. They like that big physical receiver. And who else do they – the best pass catcher on this roster right now is Mike Gesicki, right? Uh, I, I think I think you're being a little disrespectful to, 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 to uh, Hunter Henry. But Hunter Henry, I think Hunter Henry's – Mike Gesicki, Hunter, Hunter Henry's great, but he's not Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki is a big slot receiver. It's the true. only reason he, – he had a downturn last season because he was behind Waddle and Tyreek Hill, right? This is a team that needs that big physical body, and it can't just be Mike Gesicki. They're not going to roll out with Tyquan Thornton, uh, Devontae Parker. They got Juju. Kendrick they, Bourne. They, they, got, got Ju- and they got Juju. But what does Juju need to be successful? He needs an alpha wide receiver. Quentin Johnson fills that role. And a plus 240, like, again, it's those plus money bets. And you know how I go. I go bigger, I go home. And I think that there's a real shot that this is what happens. And if JSN's still on the board, forget about it. They're taking him. I think the Patriots have a better chance of drafting a wide receiver, not at 14. I think they move back and draft a wide receiver personally. I think if they stay at 14, there's going to be a guy like Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness staring them in the face, and they'll go that route knowing Belichick. Um, That's my opinion there. I'm going to go back here. I'm going to – oh, go ahead, Andrew. Well, I just – I wanted to chime in and kind of, you know, again, reiterate what you said. I think the Patriots have a terrible track record of drafting wide receivers, so why not do it again? I totally agree. Exactly. Uh, I also feel like the way that this this draft is set up from the mocks that I've done and everything, where they are, again, agreeing with Seth, I don't see them taking it at 14, but there are a lot of other needs there that other teams might be willing to trade up for, and Belichick is more than happy to let the draft come to him. And I could see them trading right. back to like, you know, maybe to the Bills at 27 or Dallas at 26, something like that, where those guys move up and then sitting there, they've got Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, like some of those guys are still on the board and they're just like, we got to find a receiver and they're just going to keep hammering that position. So I, I like the bet. I actually think that's a pretty, I wouldn't say safe bet because again, it could be a death knell no. for whoever they are for fantasy as we've seen with other, other receivers in the past. Akeel Harry. Akeel Harry and uh, Tyquan Thornton. I mean, like there are other names that have, have gone there to die for all of our dynasty rosters, but I love the bet because I think the Patriots still need a receiver. And and there's a very big, you know, very high likelihood, I guess, big chance that they trade back and still get a receiver. So good bet. Sure. All right. I'm going to shift back to Andrew's Bengals here. And this is one we already kind of touched on here, but <clears throat> plus 137 right now for Bengals to draft the tight end first. I'm going to lay a quarter unit down on that. Um, and I just believe this is how they have to combat the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, that defense got a lot worse this offseason, man. They lost a Jesse Bates and a lot of big pieces of it. Still a lot of unsigned free agents they could possibly bring back. However, I think they, they need to fight fire with fire here, and I think they're going to go with a tight end if they're available. Um, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, I don't think makes it past here if either one of them are on the board. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take this one. Andrew, we already kind of touched on this, but any fear from a Bengals uh point of view that they need to get better on offense because I don't think they're going to win with their defense anymore. Well, so here, here's where it gets interesting. And and I think as a Bengals fan, I've, I've maybe heard different angles on this, which again, we all know this listening to our local radio and our local teams and local podcasts and all that. I feel like the Bengals, the way they're designing this team with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, both going to you know warranting huge money. We're going to need to get, and I say we, cause I'm a fan. Clearly, if you can see my background, I'm wearing a Bengals shirt right now. What the heck? But like, you know, the <laughs> Bengals on orange, to, on orange, baby. That's right. Always. Uh, but the Bengals need to get better at defense. I agree with you. But I, I do think that the way that this offense is built, we're going to need to be thrifty everywhere else we can on the offense, too. And I think having a rookie tight end is not a bad idea, given that we just signed Irv Smith. We got probably a Drew Sample coming back. I don't know if I heard that official or not. I think he did. Yeah, uh, I think he good. signed his tender finally. 
But what I'm getting at with this is I wouldn't be shocked if they take a tight end, but I would be shocked, like I said before, if they take Darnell Washington. Like if both Mayer and Kincaid are gone, I am almost certain that they wouldn't take Washington at 28. Now, that's just based on a gut feeling. However, I've seen stranger things, right? And who needs who needs an offensive lineman more than the Bengals? You know what I mean? Like who needs a sixth offensive lineman more than the Bengals? So, I mean, I kind of get the logic. It, it plays well into my Darnell Washington first tight end, but it also plays in Darnell Washington might be the third tight end, still going to the uh, the Bengals with their first pick. So I, I don't hate the pick, no. All right, Andrew, I'm coming right back to you. I think you have one more in this market. What do you have for us? I do. And this one's, again, it's kind of against my own grain, which I try not to do, but I just feel like with the way the Falcons have done this offseason and like adding a lot to their defense and, and kind of, I think they so got much. Uh, so Slay, much. wasn't it? And was it Slay or no, it was... um. No. No, no, they just got Detroit drawing a blank on his name now. CJ Gardner. No, third overall, third overall pick a couple um, weeks. It's just Okuda. was on the tip of my Jeff head. Okuda. Okuda, there we Jeff go. Okuda. So like they get Akuda, who I think has a lot of talent left in the tank and is still a good player. I wouldn't be shocked if they go back to that DB well. And again, where they're sitting right now at 12 overall, there's a ton of DB love right there. Like you've got Christian Gonzalez and you've got uh, eight overall. Again, Eight overall. Eight overall? Oh, right. Yes. Eight. My bad. Sorry. Eight overall. I did say 12. Eight overall. You've got Christian Gonzalez and, uh, again, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's Devon name. Witherspoon. Kevin Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Jesus. There's so many names in my brain. Uh, so Witherspoon and Gonzalez right there in that range. I feel like either one of them could fall and be the first DB taken. I really do believe that, that there is a chance that the Falcons go Bijan there and kind of, you know, shock the draft. But it's also like, let's go against the grain and say, what would be the most boring pick for them? You know, that doesn't really help anything. They need a quarterback. They need a running back. They need a lot on defense still. They don't really need a, a defensive back. So I think that's exactly what they do because this team is kind of backwards. So that's kind of where I'm like double thinking it in a way and saying like, well, the, the one position they don't need, that's probably what they draft because it's Arthur Smith and the Falcons. <laughs> I, I, I do think they go some type of defensive position here. Um, I, I mocked them just last week in our uh, mock draft here on the channel with uh, M- Mike Stoyanoff. I mocked them to get Tyree Wilson. I don't know if Wilson falls this far to them now, so I could see them going cornerback. Um, but, yeah, I, I, we're going to let our guy hoove down in the chat gently. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been pounding Bijan to the Falcons for months now. However, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they will uh, use a pick on the defensive side here. I'm sorry, Hoove. I am a hater, 100%. <laughs> I like the bet here, though, Andrew. And at plus 650, man, yeah. that is that is actually a very yep. good value. I am surprised to see that number here on the board. Um, Nate, well, I'm just you- real quick again, because, again, it's not what I'm thinking. It's what I think they're thinking, which is what makes this game so much fun, right? Or like yes. some of these bets are what I think they'll do or what I've heard that the team, this one is like, this makes zero sense. I'm betting it because it's just so much, like so much money plus 650 for what I feel like could be an easy spot for those DBs. Like, I don't know. It just feels like a, I wouldn't say it's a smash bet, but I put two units on it. I'm like, let's go. Like, this is just like the biggest money to me in my mind. Well, I put one on that was our Bengals was the two units, but still like that's that's to me, that's just money. I like it. Plus 650. Hell yeah. They already took AJ Terrell a couple years ago when they needed a quarterback desperately. So I, I, I could see them uh, doing it once again here. Nate, back to you here. I think you have one towards the end of the first round that maybe we should consider. Yeah, so I've got the Bills to draft a defensive lineman slash edge first at plus 250. If you think about it, like if you look at this team, what do they need? They need a better pass rush and they need someone to stop the run. And a, receiver. Sh- and a receiver. And a, re- and a receiver. But – Okay, so they're at 27. All of, we're at a point where Josh Downs could even be off the board. No. They can, 
No. It could happen, dude. It could happen. I think anything's, I read, anything's I, I, possible here. But at 27, look, Brian Bressy's still going to be on the board. Yeah. He's that big run-stopping defensive interior lineman that they need. And it just makes the most sense to me because they don't – yes, do, do they need a wide receiver? Yes, they do. Desperately. But, but not de- not desperately. They've still got Stephon Diggs, who I believe is going to work things out, even though I yeah, don't want to – I'm not touching him there. in fantasy. But they still – I mean, they believe they kind of believe in Gabe Davis, and I think that they will get a receiver, but I think it's a second or third round receiver I agree. at this point. They're going interior because – what kept them out of the AFC Championship game? They oh, there was a lot. They, they there got was a lot. They just got steamrolled by, by the Bengals. Their, their defense couldn't do anything to shake Patrick Mahomes off his game. A defensive interior lineman. Josh Allen, like, bud. Josh Allen. No, no, no. Their defense no. couldn't do anything to shake Patrick Mahomes off his it was, game. It was Burrow in the, in the divisional round. <clears throat> no, no, no. Yes, it was. No game. Oh, it was Burrow. Won. That's right. My bad. I'm going yeah. back two years. So they couldn't do anything to shake him off his game. But if you get a guy like Bressy who can get pressure and can stop the run, maybe they win that game. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll okay, just I'll hop in here and say I don't I don't think it's a bad bet. Again, you're plus 250. I think that's a very logical bet. Um, and, and you're entirely right, too, with them getting Rodgers in New York. And obviously, have, you know, Brees Hall, that offense is going to be lit and they're going to play the, the Buffalo Bills twice. And the AFC is stacked. So you got to make some way to, to differentiate yourself. I've mocked a couple different times for the Bills to take Osiris Torrance in there, like the interior offensive lineman. But it's the that, same logic. Like they I, need to I build cons- the inside. Yes. I just think it's more yes. on the offensive side than the defensive side. I think their defense, while it has its holes, I think the offense needs more help. And if you give Allen more time then whoever they get at receiver, whether it's sure. Dave Davis or some second or third rounder, I think that helps a little bit more. But again, we're, we're picking nits here. I mean, th- th- these right. are really almost all luxury picks for the bills at this spot. So sure. I don't mind this at all, especially like the, the defensive lineman and edge combo. I love when they do that. Cause then it's like, well, I'm getting two positions for the price of one and you're getting plus money. Like, I don't mind that at all. Right. I can't ever try to get in Brandon Bean's head. That is a man oh, I don't right. understand. He is a different cat. Uh, really respect him as an NFL general manager, but that's why I, I laid off the bills in my bets. I, I I couldn't get inside that guy's head. He's a tough one to figure out here. Um, but guys, let's go ahead and let's dra- go into some of our longer shots here with our uh, with our team to draft player here. First one on the board I'm going to throw out there is the Eagles drafting Bijan Robinson at pick number 10. Um, well, they could draft him with either one of their first round picks w- with this, but I- I'm projecting 10 plus 759. So I'm only going a quarter unit. I'm not going to get crazy with this. You know, as Hoove said, as, as Andrew said, maybe the Falcons go Bijan. I have a harder time seeing this. My issue is that I think they want Jalen Carter or I think they want one of the top cornerbacks. I think both of those positions are gone at this time, and they're kind of left stranded there. And I think they can address the defense at 30. We already kind of talked about some pass rushers that could be available. Uh, Miles Murphy, Brian Brees out of uh, Clemson there. And listen, like Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell, like that's not a Super Bowl winning running back room. That is the bottom line here. And yes, it's a very deep running back class. They could go multiple ways here. But Bijan Robinson averaged 16 and a half yards per reception last season. This guy is not only a bruiser on the ground, but he's a legendary pass catcher. And like you don't need Boston Scott ripping out there in the Super Bowl when you're trying to win. Like, like you need someone legit. I don't think you let Miles Sanders walk if you didn't have a contemporary plan here. Um, 
at, at plus 759, this could go the other way, but I was surprised that it was such a value here, Nate. Uh, I know you and I have kind of mocked this all offseason. Oh, I 100% think this is going to happen. Plus 759, like... 100% not... a, 100% a strong word. I'm not... Yeah, I, I try to avoid I, 100%. Okay, yeah. well... <laughs> I think that there's a very solid chance that this is what happens because this is a, this is a luxury pick, right? It's a luxury pick for the Eagles. Why wouldn't you address the one glaring need that you haven't because Miles Sanders, I mean, let's be honest, they just didn't use him. And when they did use him, he was mildly effective and then they let him go. I think they let him go because they knew B. John Robinson will be there at 10. And if they can get a guy like Bijan Robinson, like you said, Seth, not only is he a bruiser, but he, dude, once he gets past the linebackers, he gets into that second level. Like, how do these guys tackle him? He's so elusive. Plus, he's got that pass catching upside. This just, this makes too much sense, especially at plus 759. All right, Nate, round us out here with, uh, I know you have a couple left here. Take the one that I, you know, I hate the most here and uh, go ahead late late on the viewers. You're not going to hate it when I frame it out all right so i've got the seahawks to draft hendon hooker plus 700 but they're not taking him at five Ooh, they're taking him at 20 they're gonna get they're gonna get defensive help at five i really truly believe that because they know they can get hendon hooker at 20 and they can let hendon hooker sit behind geno smith for a season or two get ready to be in the league. If they need him earlier, they can throw him out there. But it's a perfect, if you think about it, it's the perfect situation. And it's such a Pete Carroll thing to do. Knowing you can get that franchise quarterback, potential franchise quarterback with the 20th pick and let him sit behind the guy you just re-signed who had a phenomenal season. I mean, it's a win-win for Hendon Hooker and for the Seahawks. It is more plausible than your Hendon Hooker at five bullshit you've been sure. you, you and uh, you and Michael Lombardi's been spewing the last couple of weeks, but uh, I, I just can't do it. I, I, I Pete Carroll's another guy I can't get into his head. I think he's a, a guy who wants to win in the trenches, so I think that's where they go here. But I don't mind. I don't mind the the premise here. Uh, but Andrew, any final thoughts on on Hooker, where you think he could end up? I personally think it's Tampa Bay or uh, Las Vegas trading back in for this guy. Do you think it's someone who's already set there in the second half, the uh, first round? I mean, this is going to sound really odd, but I, I tend to avoid hookers, so I'm not very familiar with Hooker. Uh, no, but I, I want to say this line. I think Hooker is going to be a top of the second pick, if I'm being honest. I, I just don't know if. After the first four, there's there's a big tier gap, in my opinion, and there's so much other talent in this first round. I've done a bunch of different mocks for a bunch of different reasons and with trades and without. I've read a bunch. I've, you know, We've all done that, right? And I, I think there are probably, no joke, 40 or 50 talented players that could be first-round picks. And and in my mind, that means that you're going to end up having, you know, by math, <laughs> nine or 19 players out that are, you know, second-round picks that should have been in the first. And I just think Hooker's on the outside looking in. Um, I don't think it's a bad spot. I like that logic, and I like the way you framed that, Nate, about the Seahawks taking him at 20. It is kind of a luxury in a sense to have two first-round picks. Them and Detroit both have that. Um, and, again, it, it's kind of interesting. We were, you were talking about the Eagles earlier. I wanted to mention, too, like how often do you see a Super Bowl losing team have the 10th overall pick? Like yeah, that right. is just bonkers. So, to me, I'm with you. Like that Bijan pick makes sense. But back to Hooker, I think that there are a lot of teams that that could need, that need quarterback that yeah. are – looking for some sort of an answer there. And ironically, one of the places that makes the most sense for a team fit is Carolina, 
because he reminds me a little bit of Andy Dalton, and I think he could actually learn a little bit from Andy Dalton. But there's no way in hell the Carolina Panthers take Hendon Hooker one overall. Like, that'd be crazier than draft day. You know what I mean? Like, that's craziness. Um, I also don't think the Panthers traded all that to trade in and then trade out and trade back. Like, so that's not happening. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see something happen where somebody trades back, like the Raiders, for instance, and he sits behind Jimmy Garoppolo or the Saints trade up and trade in and somehow get in there. And then he's sitting behind Derek Carr. Like there's so many of those teams that could use that kind of quarterback to ride the bench. So I don't hate it at all. And I think, again, if you're going to pick a team, Seahawks need it just as bad as anyone else. And that plus 700, that's a pretty fair amount of money. And I think it's not a position. It's not a pick. It's literally the Seahawks take this guy. Right. That could happen in the second round too. We don't know. And and that, that's right. what that's what I worry about, Nate. Is there's just so many different teams that I feel like could uh, could could use them. Sorry to cut you off, sure. ahead, but Well, I was going to say, like to Andrew's point, if he falls to the second round, the Seahawks have the 37th pick, yep. which they got, of course, from my Broncos for the amazing Chef Russell Wilson. But I I could see a situation where even if he does fall in the second round, they take him with that thirty seventh pick. Bingo. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that better. I think that's more plausible. Yeah. Um, that still pays this bet. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's yeah, that's exactly. not bad. That's a good. I mean, because you got three chances in the top thirty seven. I think that's three. I mean, again, I don't think any of us are expecting him to go. In, you know, at five, five. Which yeah, would be right. still, still have two but, more chances. But Absolutely. again, they could trade back and get two firsts from someone else. Or, you know, like there's a whole bunch of weird things that could happen. So like, yep. I, you, you never know. So I like it. I like that bet. All right. Well, guys, I appreciate all the NFL draft knowledge you guys have brought tonight. So much great analysis, some good bets, some not so good bets. I'm looking at you, Nate. Absolutely. <laughs> just, get, just messing with you. Um, That's what makes us fun, Seth. You got to have a little fun with it. Yes. Right? It can't all be easy. That's no fun. No, absolutely. Nate will probably end up with uh, being the victor here come Thursday night. However, before we let you go, we're, we are going to play a little bit of a game here. Uh, one of our favorites at IBT. A little, little round of, of Would You Rather NFL Draft Edition. Let's get after it. rather this ain't no simple matter but you guys know the game would you rather i'm going to present these gentlemen with a couple questions and they will answer to me some lifestyle related to the draft some just good old draft related let's start it out here would you rather watch the first round of the nfl draft from the bar at your local olive garden oh yeah breadsticks and salad you know how we do or in your annoying brother-in-law's garage so I don't know if all of our listeners um, are this way, but I know out here in Pennsylvania, probably where Andrew's from in Ohio, people watch a lot of sporting events in their garage. It's just what, what happens out here. So, Andrew, you go into the in-laws uh, who, who won't shut up and thinks he, he knows everything, or uh, you chilling solo or possibly with some friends at the local Olive Garden. Well, I, I got to start with this. I am the annoying brother-in-law who does <laughs> things in my garage. So I'm definitely, I would love to pick that, but I don't have an annoying brother-in-law. So, and also I kind of like that. It's too easy. So what I would rather do is I would rather draft at Olive Garden. All you oh. need red sticks. Like those, the bar there is going to be lit. I'm telling you, like you're going to be able to get real drunk and then have somebody cut you off who is like 23 and thinks they know everything. <laughs> and you're like, dude, just let me draft my fifth round pick and I'll get out of your hair. 
So I would definitely pick Olive Garden. I just, I love when you're there, your family. Come on, Seth. It's family. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Didi saying she's uh she's going to the annoying brother-in-law's garage. Didi's a great cook, so she's not she's not buying none of that Olive Garden BS. Andrew's serving up. Nate, I'm not buying you... any of the food. Let's be clear. I'm just there drinking beers. <laughs> Nate, what do you got for us? You know, I'm with Andrew on this actually because, dude, unlimited breadsticks at soup and salad, like. You know how long you could drink if you're constantly eating bread? Like, bingo. Bingo. And they're the best breadsticks out there. Damn good breadsticks. We, actually, we don't live that far from an Olive Garden. We don't eat it all the time. But when we do, it's all about the breadsticks and the chicken gnocchi soup. Mm, and okay. I always sit there and eat that all day and watch the NFL draft. Heck yeah. I, 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 would anyone – I'd feel a bit out of place, to be honest, if I'm posted up at the Olive Garden bar – freaking out about the nfl draft i'd feel a little out of place so honestly that's why i would go with the brother-in-laws i just feel a little more homey my goal is to get him drunk so he shuts up get him drunk maybe he passes <laughs> out by pick number 10 and i can just logic. enjoy the rest of thursday so uh yeah i'm bringing the hard liquor i'm bringing the hard liquor to andrew's house <laughs> that's bring it sure, on buddy. let's go you're let's welcome go. anytime Seth. i appreciate it man uh, only a hop skip and a leap over here from pennsylvania <laughs> Uh, Didi saying same here. She's with me. She's feeling a little out of place at Olive Garden. She's heading over to the brother's house. Appreciate your input there, Didi. Uh, all right, question for you here, guys. Would you rather have Jamar Gibbs land on the Chiefs or Jordan Addison to the Chargers? So a cu- couple different uh, options here. Some appealing for fantasy, some not appealing to fantasy. Andrew, what do you think about this? Oh, this is Addison to the Chargers, hands down. I, we saw the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire experiment. Now they're without the enemy. Like, that offense could be different, and maybe they run the ball more, but I just think that would kind of tank a little bit of Gibbs value, and Addison on the Chargers just feels like a match made in heaven. So, yeah, give me Addison. Yeah, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is actually kind of a dog, so I don't want to have, yeah. have Gibbs competing. I mean, him. he'd split time. I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nate, any thoughts here? Uh, I know you've been a big Addison guy, a little higher than most. Mm-hmm. So as a fantasy manager, I want Addison to the Chargers because I think that he fits in so well with that offense. As a Broncos fan, I want Jameer Gibbs to go to the Chiefs because he'll have far <laughs> less of an impact on my team on yep. Sundays than Jordan Addison will with the Chargers. So, I mean, it's a mixed bag for me here. Okay. Jordan Addison to the Chargers from Didi. So, yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably roll with that as well. I don't think Addison might, will go that high in the draft personally, but uh, maybe I'm a little biased there towards someone who, who left the great state of Pennsylvania. Uh, next one here. Would you rather hear the draft narrated by old Dolly Parton, baby, or little John? Hey, hey, hey let's go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this, was... one, this one is uh, – probably the messiest of the questions this is the one that i had the hardest time with but dolly's an institution man i would love to have dolly parton in my house i would love to just see her and be around her and be like her vibe is so good like she's such a good-hearted person little john would be fun but i'm in my 40s now i gotta honor and respect my elders and that's dolly all the way for me all right i i give give us one more little john here andrew you just yeah yeah <laughs> there we okay. go okay yeah it's he's ridiculous <laughs> Nate, what do you think, man? Are you taking a little John or are you taking Dolly? I can't stand little John's shtick. Like, I cannot stand it. <clears throat> Couldn't when he was big. Still can't. So I'm going to go Dolly Parton. Unless unless you said it was Dave Chappelle as little John. Then maybe I'd go little John. Mm. 
I'm going Dolly Parton here. Okay. Dee Dee is joining you guys in the chat. She's going Dolly Parton as well. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'll go with Dolly. I I, I think I'd probably be over little John by about the third pick. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll roll with Miss Parton here. Next question up for us, folks. Would you rather see Trey Lance traded or stay put in San Francisco? Rumors have been heating up over the weekend that Trey Lance possibly could be on the move as soon as this Thursday. The Vikings are inquiring a couple other teams as well. The Niners not afraid to listen to those trades, Nate. How do you feel about it? I want him traded. I want him somewhere where I can actually see what he's capable of. Because let's be honest, Brock Purdy's the quarterback. That's everything we're getting out of San Francisco tells us it's him or Sammy. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you here. Uh, is it time to say goodbye to, to San Francisco uh, Trey Lance here, Andrew? Would I rather see Trey Lance traded or see Trey Lance stay? I would rather see Trey Lance stay and watch that dumpster fire from afar. Uh, I say that as someone who doesn't have any party or Lance shares left, I, I got rid of them all. So I, that helps. But in, in reality, for the NFL, I think I'm with you guys. I think I'd rather see him traded and go somewhere he can at least see if he's good. I feel like yeah. no matter what happens in San Francisco, it's kind of going to always have this shadow over him because of the amount of picks they traded and all the drama and all of this. And then Brock Purdy coming out and winning what six in a row. And, you know, and then he has elbow surgery for Purdy. He might not be the thing. And then Sam Darnold might be the guy like that would be exciting to watch the three of them battle it out, but get Lance out of the way. I think that team doesn't really, I mean, I could probably play quarterback for the 49ers. Like it really doesn't matter. Just give it to the <laughs> guys that can catch the ball and you're ready, you know, Kittle Debo and, and CMC and Ayuk still there, but like, any of those guys can catch a two yard pass and take it to the house. So I honestly, I think Sam Darnold was perfect for that team. So I'd rather see Lance go somewhere. They use him. I'm with you guys. Okay. Yeah. And I'm with you, Andrew. I mean, this is a guy who let's not forget. He never threw an interception in high school or college until that one final COVID game that he played and then never played again and still had 1100 rushing yards, 14 yeah. rushing touchdowns in that great season at North Dakota state. So I think we're all on board to see Trey Lance, get a fresh start here maybe we'll see it as soon as this weekend we'll, that will be determined though uh I want next my picks back right speaking of drafting <laughs> like i want my big savers like i want my picks back <laughs> yes sir yes sir uh would you rather draft jordan love or bryce young in a super flex scott fishbowl like scoring so those of you not applied to scott fishbowl get over there to scottfishbowl.com and apply for this tournament. It is so fun. DD, everyone in the chat, I highly recommend if you guys aren't already, uh, go apply for this. It, it's such a good event. All, all the, the proceeds go to a great cause as well. Fantasy Cares, Scott Fish's organization. So um, Scott Fish bowl-like scoring, those of you who do not know, basically you get rewarded for accuracy here. So it, it and you also get deducted more for interceptions. Rushing's a little bit more valuable. With this all said, here, Andrew, how do you feel about these guys? Because Jordan Love's sophomore season, I put it out on Twitter. People didn't like it. Um, over three thirty-five hundred yards, thirty-two passing touchdowns, seven rushing TDs, six I, ints. That is literally almost identical to what Bryce's Youngs was this last season. 32 passing touchdown, four rushing TDs, five INTs for Bryce Young. Plus, we got three years of sitting behind a Hall of Famer for Jordan Love, man. I am I overhyping what Love could be, or is he the real deal, and would you like to have him on your fantasy roster? 
Well, I want to caveat this answer just for a little bit. So if we're talking just a standard 12 team league, I don't mind taking Bryce Young there. I think that may, I'm sorry. I don't mind taking Jordan Love there. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't mind taking Jordan Love and getting a safe pick, but in Scott Fishbowl, when you're playing with like, you know, 15,000 other people, you got to stand out and you got to go for the ceiling. It's like one of those best ball tournaments where you, you have to have the most chaotic, crazy kind of roster. And on that, I just think Bryce Young has more upside only because we haven't seen his upside yet. I feel like we've kind of seen Jordan Love play a little bit. I'm, you know, that offense doesn't really wow me in, in Green Bay, especially for this year for redrafting like Scott Fishbowl is. I just, I don't know. Green Bay kind of worries me for for dynasty right now, and I just don't know if Love is really the guy. So give me the potential upside with Bryce Young before we even know his landing spot. I just feel like even if he's inaccurate, I'm I'm either going to be first or I'm last. That's kind of how I like to ride that whole thing. And I love Scott Fishbowl too. I'm with you. I've been in for years. I hope every year I get back in. It's a blessing. It's an honor. I love it. And I'm excited for it. No matter what, even if I'm not in it, I'm going to be cheering from the sidelines, buying the shirts and all that stuff. But yeah, give me Bryce Young if it's a true Scott Fishbowl. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. Nate, are you going to go with the rookie here after? I mean, hey, bro, we had about a whole quarter and a half of Jordan Love last year, and it was glorious. I'm going Jordan Love here. Like, Andrew, I get what you're saying. You've got to stand out in Scott Fishbowl. I understand that. But if you're going, he's obviously going to be your QB two, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I would not have either as my QB Always. one. Yeah, yes, <laughs> my God, if somebody's taking them that early, they can have both. But with Jordan Love, I just feel like he's going to be far less mistake prone. And sure. for the Scott Fishbowl scoring, that's what I'm looking for. So I've gotten burned the last two years on kind of going for that Bryce Young high upside, and then just it just tore my team down. Yeah, you've taken you took Justin Fields Justin a year Fields. too early. Yeah, I did take Justin Fields a year too early. And I just don't want to get burned again. And I know that the the Green Bay offense isn't going to be sexy. All right. We all know that. But don't forget, he's still got, they've got Aaron Jones. They've got AJ Dillon. They've got Christian Watson. They've got Romeo Dobbs. And they could get a wide receiver in the first round of this draft. I don't necessarily know that I think that's actually going to happen, but it could. They just moved up. And we kind of talked about that earlier. I just think that Jordan Love could have an outstanding season. We could all just be absolutely blown away by him. And I I like that the floor is there for Jordan Love. The floor is better for me than Bryce Young. And for my second quarterback, I want that floor, especially in Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, to me, it's going to depend how the Panthers round out the rest of this receiving core. If you believe in Terrace Marshall that he's good enough to be a wide receiver three, then fine. I don't know if I do. I don't know if I do believe that. I'm hoping they add at least one more wide receiver um, to Adam Thielen and DJ Chark here. Andrew, any thoughts here on the the Panthers? Well, that I, I wanted to really hit more on your QB two and Scott Fishbowl doesn't have to be a QB, right? It's Superflex, and I think sometimes sure. we get so bogged down in thinking a Superflex has to be a quarterback when in reality, and we saw this in Scott Fishbowl scoring more than ever. I'd rather have a receiver in that spot anyway. You know, if, if my second quarterback is one of these, you know, jumpy kind of guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just saying like, I'd, I'd be more likely to put in a receiver or a tight end, which had, you know, boosted scoring anyway. So, or kickers even last year, which were, you know, it's weird as it sounds like you could put them in and get eight points. I'm not sure if you can guarantee eight points from your QB two every week, which because of the inaccuracy scoring. So I'm just saying like, I, I'd, I'd rather have him on my roster and let me make that decision week to week. Um, but I don't hate the logic with that being said, if he goes to Carolina and Adam Thielen and Miles Sanders and, and Hayden Hurst, like they, it sounds odd, but it seems like Carolina is playing fantasy, right? Like they're just adding players wherever they can. They're getting people off the waivers or making yeah. trades. They're, yeah. they're going all in. They're trying to win. And I don't know if you guys yeah. saw, I mentioned this, I think it was on junkies um, where I said that Adam Thielen 
you know, had his pick of anywhere to go, really. Yeah, he was a Yes, I like Adam Thielen this year. I love, love Adam, Adam Thielen. Thielen. Thank and he you. went and visited the Panthers. He went and visited the Panthers thinking, these guys are rebuilding. They're not going to want a guy like me. I want to go win the title. And he said after he left that meeting, he goes, those guys want to win. That's where I want to play. And if Adam Thielen was convinced from, you know, zero to 100 and thinking they're not, they don't have a chance to, they're going all in. And he, if, if Bryce Young lands there with a team like that that really does want to win, I mean, that could be fire. That could be capturing something Good. we don't see very often. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm hoping Bryce Young goes there because I think he's got the best chance. And, and even though he's short and everybody's talking about all that, I think that we've seen quarterbacks like him succeed. And on a team with vets that he's surrounded with, and even if Terrace Marshall isn't anything, maybe they get a third round receiver that helps him out too. So, I mean, there's still a lot of flux at this point because we're before the draft, but yeah, I think Carolina could be a good team this year. That's why I'm adding Miles Sanders everywhere in Dynasty too, just because he's pretty cheap and he could be one of those guys that sees a resurgence on his second team. So, yeah, okay. I'm with you. I like Carolina this year. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. I've been getting buried. I got buried nah. on a podcast last week. I was the only one sitting there defending Adam Thielen's good honor. I was. I was. Got you, Seth. Watched. I got you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, brother. <laughs> Let's round it out here. Final question of the night, guys. Would you rather watch reruns of Full House? Shout out R.I.P. Bob Saget. You will be missed. Or watch replays of Aaron Rodgers' news from earlier in the offseason on a loop for an entire day. Man, I'll tell you what. When I was a kid and I was homesick from school, I would binge Full House because it was on all day, you know? Multiple channels would run that son of a bitch, and I'd love me some full house, man. Um, I don't know, man. John the John Stamos, like there's a lot of good vibes coming from Full House. I know Fuller House obviously not as good, especially uh with some of the news about some of the cast members coming out. But overall, man, it's good vibes from Full House. That being said, I loved all the Aaron Rodgers news. I loved it all. I I I like Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, I, I'm on an island. I think he's a good guy. And uh, so I don't, I don't mind the punditry on it here, Nate. Uh, I obviously know where you're going. You hate both of these things, I think. Well, now to be clear, it's not a, it didn't hold up, like as an adult now. But Andrew, I think you're with me here. We used to have to wait for it to come on every Friday night to mm-hmm. watch it. TGIF with fan, uh, different, God, what were they? Uh, step by step, family matters. Family matters. Perfect strangers. Perfect strangers for a while. minute. It was one? good TV. Yeah. And as a kid, like it was good TV, but going back as an adult, it doesn't hold up. That said, I would still rather watch reruns of Full House than have to watch Aaron Rodgers News on a loop. Please, God, don't make me do it anymore. We talked enough about the man. And no knock on him, just like I don't want to talk about him anymore. That's all. Oh, well, you're- I don't want to hear about him anymore. I want to give, I want to give my take on this because if you're telling me I have the the option to watch Aaron Rodgers all day, I'm going to say cut it out and get the hell out of here. No, Full House all day. Like there's not even a question. I don't care how I'd watch the commercials from Full House all day <laughs> before I watch Aaron Rodgers go over and over and over and over and over and over. I just I literally have avoided it on Twitter. When I see one minute clips, I can't do it. I can I can get three seconds in and I'm I'm done. I can't imagine doing that for 24 hours. That sounds like hell. So yeah, I'd rather watch the title card on pause for a whole 24 hours than Aaron Rodgers for full house. I'm just that. No, hell no. I'm out. Possibilities. <laughs> the milkman, man, the paper boy. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. 
One of these days, I'm gonna get a co-host on here that'll sing with me. Because every time I, I start singing, oh, I am I'm. Left I don't remember the lyrics good enough. Sorry, Dude, I know, right, I, Andrew. I mean, come on, we watched that show 30 years. Oh, ago. loved it. And again, yeah. think of it. Too, like, Bob in. Saget was not that guy, right? Like no. Bob Saget was not the America's Funniest Home Videos. He was so much worse. And knowing oh that God, makes the so show better for me because I'm like, he is a hell of an actor. Like, oh my God, I sure. thought he was a good dad. He's a terrible person. Like, oh, he, really? He's a, Wait, what? He's a he's an a hole comedian. Like, he is not polite. Oh, he dude, his stand up is like I mean, terrific as a comedian. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying yes. he's bad, like bad. I'm saying like he is not that guy. Like, if you wow. ever watch stand up, it blows your he's mind because you're like, what is Bob Saget saying? That's who he was. And so this role was not him at all. And same for Dave Coulier, to be honest. Like he wasn't that guy either. So it's interesting to look back on it with that knowing Jesse, that information. Is, is, is that uh, Joey? Is that who that yeah, is? Yeah, Uncle Joey. Yeah, okay. but like oh, yeah, who okay. in the comments, oh. dirtiest. Bob Saget was dirty. He was dirty. blue, whatever you're calling it. Like he was he was not afraid so, to say whatever. It's funny that you brought up uh, Dave Coulier. I learned something interesting about him the other day. Did you know that he dated Alanis Morissette? Of course. Yeah, Jagged and Little Pill. Yeah. I don't even Do know you know that, that song's is. about him? Yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah. I just found ever since it day. came out, I feel like that's been the rumor for the longest time. Wait, was, uh, Steph, you, you ought to know. Yeah, you don't know. You ought to know. Yeah. No, no, know and, no. And I, I will say our average age audience on this show is twenty-five to thirty-four. So I'm guessing that a lot of our listeners don't know who. What, what was this name again, Nate? Alanis Morissette. No, don't even know who that it's, is. I'll send you a link. Atlanta, <laughs> my first first ever CD was Jagged Little Pill. Oh like my that God. album blew my, my mind. The acoustic version, I, phenomenal. Yeah, just you're missing. I listened out to that album me. on repeat on a bus driving through Virginia, Maryland, DC, and New York. All right. Yeah. Well, with it's that, guys, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. We I appreciate both your guys' analysis and humor tonight. Andrew, tell us one more time where we can find you and best support you, our friend. Oh, man, I feel like I'm all over the place these days. So I am still at Fantasy Pros, still writing articles there a couple times a month, mostly Dynasty-focused and uh, part of their their crew that does Dynasty feedback stuff. Also now writing for Dynasty Pros, FF, DynastyProsFootball.com, uh, doing some NFL all-day stuff for them. Also started a podcast uh, all day both ways. If you guys are in NFTs, okay. sports collectibles and things like that, check me out there. And then obviously my, my main home still, Dynasty Junkies, where we go live every Thursday night. Uh, it's me, Rocky, and Scott kind of rotating hosts and uh, we just talk dynasty all year long, which again, Seth and Nate, you guys have both have been on, I think. And uh, just a good time and, and always a good time talking to you guys. So thanks so much for having me. Hey, thank you for joining us, Andrew. We greatly appreciate your, uh, your Ohio fuckery and your big brain, buddy. We, we greatly appreciate, we hope to have some more beers out of your car trunk this summer in Canada, buddy. Yeah. We'll dial you up for sure, man. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone out there in the audience. If you're new to the channel, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe, come back and hang out with us again. We'll see you guys soon. Enjoy the NFL draft until then keep it in between.